Whether you realize it or not, you are part of an experiment in the creation of a new humanity. Whether you are a Christian, Muslim, Jew, Jain, Sikh, Hindu, or Buddhist, are you going to play a role? Is your religion going to play a role in this experiment? I'm Robert Hunt, and this is Interfaith Encounters, looking at artificial intelligence and what it means to be human, Episode 1. with little pieces of skin from a calf. And in here, there's an instrument to record my heartbeat and report it across the world to a cardiologist via Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Think about those Apple luggage trackers, but for the heart. Friends of mine have artificial hips, artificial knees, artificial shoulders, prosthetic arms and legs. During my recent surgery, a mechanical device, a heart-lung machine, kept my body alive while my heart and lungs were stopped so the surgeons could make replacements and repairs. And oh, by the way, they stopped my consciousness so I wouldn't feel the pain. And what about transplants? More and more of us have other people's organs in our bodies, or coming soon, organs from other animals. Skin grafts, moving skin from one place to another, one person to another. There's already been more than one transplant of an entire face. What does that mean for who we are? 300 years ago, René Descartes posited that humans could be understood as biological machines, and that understanding of humans is becoming the basis of almost all medical science and our self-image. Just read Jeffrey Bishop's Anticipatory Corpse, or read any modern book on anatomy for medical students. In those books, we consist of organs and systems that together make up a biological machine. More and more of the parts are interchangeable, and the systems are repairable. A car has an engine, a chassis, wheels, a body, seats, AC, a heater. And these are linked together by an electrical system, by a suspension, by a fuel system, and so on. Are our bodies so different? In fact, and I'm living proof, Our parts are the same as the parts of other animals. The cow's aortic valve can substitute for a human valve. More recently, a pig's heart kept a man alive for a month, and kidneys from pigs are keeping human bodies alive even longer. So if our parts can be replaced by animals on one side and artificial spare parts on the other, what makes us unique? What makes us special? What makes us more than a really complicated car or an animal that walks on two legs? The answer for as long as there have been human beings is twofold. First, we think of ourselves as intelligent. We analyze, synthesize, solve problems, make tools, communicate with each other. We're thinkers. We don't run on instinct the way animals supposedly do. Secondly, we have in our mind, or above our mind, or with our mind, consciousness. And it's consciousness not just of our surroundings, but consciousness of ourselves. We don't just think about and respond to our surroundings. 
we think about ourselves. We consider our inner states, our feelings, and we even try to change them. This is sometimes related to having a soul, a self that is more than the sum of our parts and which may exist before birth and persist after death. In the last century, the idea that humans are unique in their possession of both an intellect and a self or self-consciousness or soul has been challenged from two different sides. Studies of animal behavior have led more and more biologists and zoologists to believe that intellect isn't unique to human beings. From the standpoint of evolutionary biology, what we call intellect is simply the means by which an organism relates to its environment. Humans are not unique in possessing an intellect. We simply represent what is, so far as we know, the end of a long spectrum of intelligence. And that, of course, raises the question of whether some animals might not have something like a self-consciousness, a sense of self, a soul, as well. And from the other side, we've seen the development of mechanical computing machines that, beginning as early as the 1960s, could be conceptualized as thinking machines. Vast advances in both theory and computer hardware available has led us today to machines designed to analyze and mimic the human intellect. In just the last few years, we've actually seen this mimicry become so good that it can reasonably be called artificial intelligence. But whether we are observing and interacting with animals on one hand or chatbots on the other, questions remain. Are we actually experiencing intelligence in these other creatures or in chatbots? Or are we projecting our intellect into the animals we love and the machines that we have created? Or are we redefining our own intelligence to be more like that found in animals and AIs? And as these animals and machines seem to us more and more conscious, even self-conscious, are we experiencing something like a self or a soul in them? Or are we coming to see our souls and ourselves more as a product of the thinking machines, our brains? These changes in our understanding of ourselves relate very closely to digitally related ministry because it is in the digital environment that the playing field between artificial intelligence and our intelligence is most leveled. It is in the digital medium where the distinction between the human self and the artificial self is most blurred that we must consider what AI means. In short, it is in the digital medium that we are most likely to begin redefining what it means to be human so that we are ultimately made in the image of a machine, even if it is a very complex biological machine. In the next episode, we'll dig in even deeper to this paradoxical situation. 